I think we do have uh, Bob Whitson on the line. Bob, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. We gl- so glad to have you here. Ira, what do you have for Bob? Bob, again, I think you want to congratulate you. I think your book is coming out. Is it next week called Game Changer and Insider Stories of the Sonics Resurgence and the Trailblazers Turnaround, the deal that saved the Seahawks? Yeah, it comes out on the 10th. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> That's great. We had you on. Of, I, I want to call you, we'll start calling you Nostradamus because we had you on, I think, about three months ago when Dame Lillard requested a trade. And you said, hold your horses, Ira. I think what's going to happen is that it's going to be decided right before training camp. Don't think he's going to go to Miami just like everyone else thinks he's going to be. They're going to look at all their options. And uh, you were, uh, and it goes, it's going to be involved multiple, multiple teams with a m- number of trades. I think everything that you said came true. Well, we, we, we should have went to Vegas. <laughs> well, and what do you think about in terms of how this went down, in terms of the trade for uh, in ter- when, when Dame goes now to Milwaukee and then they turned the, Drew, the Milwaukee trade into Drew Holiday and then traded Drew Holiday to the Boston Celtics and ended up getting uh, three first-rounders. Everything that they sort of wanted, the, you know, people saying the three first-round draft picks, some young players, those type of things. Well, it's, uh, first of all, it's exciting for the NBA. Anytime you get a deal like this, especially right before training camp, it just gets the big buzz going. But uh, I was just on in Portland. They were asking about the Blazers' end of it, so I'll start there. It's very, it's really hard to, to trade a franchise player, uh, but when they give you the air cover of asking for a trade, it's a little bit easier. But I think they, they came out of it pretty good because they now have a direction. They've got... They've got Aiton, who's a young center. They've got their their guards. They've got you know Sharp Simons and Scoot Henderson. They've got Jeremy Grant. They if they keep Rob Williams, so they've got a, a group that's together contractually for the next three four years. They're young, and you know where they're going. I think if you're Milwaukee, you were already in the win it now mode. You just put a few more chips in the pot. Plus, you had a little noise coming from Giannis talking about the future. I think when you bring Dame onto the roster and he's got four years on a contract, that hopefully will get Giannis to commit even longer term for you. But, uh, you know, Boston, I think Boston and Milwaukee are probably the, the two top contenders right now. Boston didn't waste any time. I think Drew Holiday's a fantastic player. Uh, we don't talk enough about the defensive end, but that's a lot more important in the playoffs. And uh, I think it was a great move for Boston. So um, Phoenix is the only one I'm not sure about. You know, they they got Nurkic. Uh, they, for, for whatever reason, they soured on 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 Aiton. If Nurkic uh, can stay healthy, he's also a solid center. So uh, I think the two Eastern teams each got better. I think Portland's got direction. Uh, Miami's Miami. I mean, they, they haven't used up any of their chips. They might just come back with what they have, but uh, uh, they're smart. They're always good. They're always competitive, and they always find a way to, to make a big deal. So I never worry about the heat. The fact they didn't get, in fact, they didn't get Lillard, they probably have their eyes on something else, whether it's today or next summer. They, they, they're 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 well run and they do a, they do a great job. I played back our interview from three months ago and I asked you the question. I go, is Miami going to be talking to Portland? Are they going to make a zillion calls? And as you as someone uh, you traded Clyde Drexler from the Portland Trailblazers to Houston, you mentioned when you when Clyde walked in and said I want to be traded, he had some teams in mind and, and Houston wasn't one of them. And, and you're like you convinced him later that that's, that might be that the best move for him. But you said no, you don't expect that there'll be a zillion calls back and forth. And it ended up they're saying that Miami only had that one initial call and there really wasn't that constant communication between the Heat and the Trailblazers. 
Well, one thing in, in, in the NBA, and it's, it's also true when I was in the NFL, uh, there shouldn't be, but there's always a little ego involved in these things. There can be history, there can be uh, relationships, and sometimes when you make trade requests really public, and, and everybody uses the media to some extent, so that's not anything new, but sometimes teams take the bait and they, they, they come to you, and other teams sometimes are pushed away by that, and, and, and there's no right or wrong. So uh, sometimes people don't like to feel like they're getting boxed in, and maybe if you're boxing me in, I may not call you back. So other times if you throw it out there in the media, uh, maybe I'll take the bait and I'll call you a little bit. So there's always a little gamesmanship. There's uh, kind of knowing who you're dealing with and have you dealt with them before and how might they respond. So there's always a little game within the game, and, and you never really know the right way to get things done. Do you think Dame overplayed his hand a little bit, or maybe his agents per se, in terms of the demanding a trade and saying, I, I, this is the team I want to go to, not even giving him a list of teams, it's sort of, I want to go to this team, and that sort of that made maybe Cronin, uh, the GM of Portland, a little you know, gun-shy to maybe trade him to the Heat? I think once you say, I want to trade, that's really the end of it, because the agent has, and the player, you know, they can, if they want, they can quietly say, hey, here's the teams I'd love to go to, but the reality is, they're not in the driver's seat. They've got four years on a contract, and wherever you trade them, they're going to play. They're not going to give up, you know, whatever they have, a couple hundred million dollars left on the contract. They're going to come in and play. So you don't want to overplay your hand. I think the, the way to do it is simply to say, hey, I've been here 11 years. I love the city. I love the franchise. Uh, we haven't made the playoffs the last couple of years. I'm 33. Uh, I want to take the pressure off the franchise and let them know I'm open to a trade. So you, you kind of take the heat off them so they, 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 they don't look like a bad guy. And then leave it at that. Then you go in quietly and say, by the way, here's the teams I'd love to play for if you can work it out. But the team's going to shop around and find the best deal for the team, and, and then they're going to go from there. You mentioned uh, during our – I can't wait to read the stories when you talk about it in your book, at Game Changer, that's coming out next week, but about your, the blowback when Drexler was traded. Do you think how the way Cronin handled this and the, and the fact that they were able to get so many good young players back, do you think it's going to soften some of the criticism they might have for how Portland handled this? Do you think people are happy in Portland about how the trade went down? I would think the people in Portland are going to be happy because, remember, they didn't make the playoffs the last two years, so it's not like you're breaking up a championship team or anything. And and as good as Dame is, they really haven't had much playoff success the whole time he's been there. So uh, it's always hard to see a great all-star player go, but I think the most important thing with any franchise is to have a direction. They have a solid direction now. They've got a young core. They've got some future picks coming up in addition to their own. And I think the, the, the Blazer fans are savvy. I think more than anything, they just want to know you've got a plan and you're committing to it. Sure, it's always sad to see one of your best players in franchise history move on, but hopefully he's moving on somewhere where he, you know, if, if it's like Clyde, maybe he'll, he'll win a championship. And I think the fans will be happy for him because, you know, there can be a deal that's good for both sides, and this certainly has the makings of that. 
So I want to switch gears a little bit. And because I think you're the only person ever to have been the general manager and president of a basketball NBA team and NFL team. And uh, Seattle uh, Seahawks are playing tonight. The NFL, one of the teams that you were, that you were the, the president of that team. Talk a little about your time in Seattle with the Seahawks and where do you think this franchise is going? And, and, and maybe some comments about tonight's big game against the Giants. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's a fun one. My uh, on a personal level, level, my my obviously my son is a giant Seahawk fan. He grew up with the Seahawks with me, and, and he lives in Seattle. And his wife uh, grew up in New York, and they've got season tickets to the Giants. Oh, so boy. <laughs> their household, I think the little boys are wearing both jerseys. I don't know, but I think Seattle. Uh, um, I think Seattle can make the playoffs this year. Uh, clearly, the class of the division is the 49ers. Uh, I think they're a young team and on the rise. Uh, Geno Smith's turned out to be a very solid quarterback after taking a few laps around the league before he got to Seattle and finally got the opportunity. But um, they're young and they're up and coming, and and you know I, I think they sh- should probably be in the nine ten win range and and probably can make the playoffs. Uh, Giants, um, you know I'm, I'm you know. I don't think they're a playoff team this year, but, uh, you know, anything can happen. Uh, it's a tough place to play. It's a long road trip, but uh, I think it, it should be a good Monday night game. So Pete Carroll was the, is the coach of the Seahawks. He goes to, wins the Super Bowl, loses a game, and you would think that, you know, in terms of his age, that he would be done. But what is his ability just to keep uh, relating to these young players and just having this resurgence over the last year or two with the Seahawks? Pete Carroll has the fountain of youth in his backyard. <laughs> I've been trying to sneak over his fence to get a cup of water from that fountain, and and and, and he doesn't let anybody drink from it other than than him. He's uh, he's energetic. He's uh, he's enthusiastic. He doesn't age. He just loves players. He loves young players. He relates. He's fun to play for. And um, if he didn't have a birth certificate, you'd have no idea what his age is. He's just he's just a rare breed. So uh, I think guys like playing for him. He keeps the games, the practices fun. He's one of the first guys to be playing music. He's tossing the ball around. Uh, I mean, he, he, he really he's energetic. He's he's he he stays current, and uh, I, I can't explain it. It's just genuine. It's real. It's fun to watch. So I can't wait to read your book about this, but we just found news that Tampa Bay was able to secure their their baseball stadium. Certainly the uh, the the A's are moving to the, the to Las Vegas and the Raiders. Moved to, there's been a lot of teams moving. Seattle lost their basketball team to Oklahoma City. I don't know how that happened with such a if you talk about fan bases, what could be more of a of a great fan base than the Seahawks and the in the, in the Seattle the Sonics had and also of course the Mariners have. It's just a, it's a surprising that they did lose their basketball team and, and talk a little about the Seattle fans and, and like what I guess you've been working with the group of trying to bring basketball back to Seattle. Sure. Yeah, no, it's ironic. Um, when I was with the Sonics, nobody ever dreamed that the Sonics would leave town. And we got involved with the Seahawks because they actually were moving. They were physically in Los Angeles. They, they, were, they had already moved the headquarters to Los Angeles when we got involved. And uh, that was Probably the, my favorite chapter in the book was how we saved the Seahawks for Seattle, uh, got the stadium built, uh, and as they say, the rest is history, and that's great. But uh, once the Seahawks got saved, kind of without anybody really realizing it, uh, the Sonics left. So we're hopeful now that uh, someday in the near future the NBA decides to expand 
Seattle will be one of the cities that will be at the table trying to convince the NBA to, to let us have a team back. Uh, yes, I would love to be involved in that, and I, I would, I'll, I'll be as involved as necessary, whether it's part of ownership, part of management, uh, you want me to go sell popcorn, whatever it might be, I'm 100% committed to helping make that happen because Seattle is a great market. They've embraced the, the NHL team, the Kraken, at levels you can't believe. Uh, they love the Mariners. Obviously, the Seahawks are a no-brainer. And if and when we can get an NBA team back, the Sonics 2.0, I'm absolutely convinced uh, the community will have open arms and will embrace them. And uh, if we can get them back, we'll do all the things necessary to make sure they never leave again because Seattle's a great sports market. And and you know that you've been involved in that from from your whole background and your history, which we went through on the on the last show. It's just it's so difficult it, it, to think about. You know, when a team like Tampa is able with very little fan support actually keep their team, whereas Oakland loses their teams. It, it is that battle and working. When you knew you've worked with uh, gov- city government, business leaders, fans, doing everything, trying and working with getting building stadiums. It's pretty an amazing career that you've had uh, in, in involved with all that. Yeah, I talked about it in the book. I've been on both sides. I was uh, with the Kansas City Kings when we moved them to Sacramento, and Sacramento was a great market, and it's been well-supported, and it's, it's, it, it deserves a team for sure. But it's also difficult when you have to tell a community we're leaving. Uh, and then I've been on the side where, as I mentioned, the Seahawks were leaving, and we were able to keep them there. So I don't really like to see franchises move. I like to see them uh, supported. I like to see them well-run. I like to see them stay. I like the continuity. And I'm a big believer in if the leagues want to uh, add more teams, do it in a thoughtful way through expansion. I know that's not always the, the ideal way that it gets done, but from a fan's perspective, I would like to see continuity and I'd like to see teams stay put. Uh, it helps you create rivalries, create loyalty, create better fan bases. And I think all around that's good for everybody. Bob, I'm so excited for your book to come out. I'm sure it's going to be available on Amazon. I know the pre-orders are out there, Barnes & Noble, everything. It's called Game Changer, Insider Story of the Sonics Resurgence, Trailblazers Turnaround, and the Deal that Saved the Seahawks. And uh, I really appreciate you coming back on Iron Sports. And I wish you, I cannot wait to read your book, and I wish you the best of luck in the book. Thank you so much, Ira.